0: What is good, everyone, and welcome to the We Just Talk Wrestling podcast. My name is Kyle, and I am here with Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. We have a loaded show for you guys today, but as always, we will break down the weekly shows, going over any stories from all the different promotions, giving our ECW Mount Rushmores, plus the dummy moment of the week, Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WJTW19 and give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. So, Dylan, what caught your eye in wrestling this week?
1: Kyle, it was a very loaded
0: news week.
1: A lot of bombs being dropped. So, AEW is apparently in the market to sign any free agent they can find, even ones that we didn't realize were available hmm. So <clears throat> Daniel Bryan has apparently signed an AEW contract and he will possibly be be, be debuting for the promotion in September. The biggest one is apparently CM Punk return to pro wrestling and AEW is the possible landing spot. Some say he's already signed a contract. Some say it's just a done deal. All he's got to do is meet everyone in person. Um, He did follow both WWE and AEW on Twitter to kind of troll everybody. Um, But yeah, two of the biggest free agents that we didn't really realize were free agents um, are on on their way to become All Elite, Kyle. Mm -hmm. Um, What are your thoughts on those two potentially showing up on Dynamite?
0: Well, I'm just going to say first, I mean, the bigger name is CM Punk. Right. But the better wrestler right now by far, not even close to Daniel Bryan. I think so. Um, Daniel Bryan going to AEW is not shocking to me. Um, He's just going to have some banger matches with Omega and all those guys in AEW. If I was Punk, I almost, Dylan, would go to Impact. Could you imagine Impact having CM Punk at a live show come out? Dude, that would give so much buzz to that promotion. So if I was Impact... I would do anything to sign CM Punk, but it's likely he is going to go to AEW, and, um, I can't remember if it's all in or all, I think it's all out coming out soon and mm-hmm. in Chicago. So mm-hmm. he's probably going to debut there, but, um, the, uh, the bad week for WWE and their fans continue mm-hmm. as this, uh, this is going to be two huge additions to AEW, and, um, WWE really does deserve to lose these guys after the week they've had. Yeah. No, it's just a month.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're hitting, they're hitting record low viewership and you wonder why. Yeah. And I mean, to, to not only, you know, let Daniel Bryan's contract expire, they didn't work out a new deal. I think there were some internal conversations that they thought Bryan was going to come back Mm -hmm. at least. Um, Punk apparently was never on their radar. Uh, maybe they thought he just was never interested in coming back to wrestling, not just for them, but mm-hmm. in general pro wrestling. Um, and I, I I, like the potential of possibly you said impact. Here's the thing. Impact doesn't have as deep as pockets as AEW or WWE. No, I don't think Daniel Bryan is, is as money hungry. <laughs> I mean, I don't think either one's really as money hungry. I don't think they're they're hurting for cash, but Punk's going to garner a big paycheck. Wherever he goes, I mean, the guy hasn't wrestled for seven years. His name still gets chanted at every wrestling event you go to, so he's he's still big money. He's still top dollar. Um, and Brian, to be honest, probably just wants a lighter schedule, and that's probably why he chose AEW over WWE. Mm. Is you know he's got a family, he's got a wife and kids, and you know he wants to be a part of their lives as much as he can. But he's still is passionate about wrestling. And AEW doesn't tour as much as WWE used to. I don't know if they plan on picking that up,
0: but. Um, he probably gets a lighter schedule and equal pay and yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, my last point is um I actually thought Daniel Bryan was actually gonna go to NXT. Everyone, um, did. but you know, with the partnership that AW has with New Japan, mm-hmm. that that's just the icing on the cake for Daniel Bryan. Now I wouldn't be shocked if he just folded New Japan. Right. I don't see him doing that. Um, I see him going to AEW and Punk going to AEW. But, um, so, done for my news story this week, um, it has been reported that Kiara Hogan is leaving Impact Wrestling and mm-hmm. will become a free agent. If there's anyone who can make her a big star, it is Triple H. Right. Um, because that's what she is. She is a megastar. I have... You can uh, testify this. I have raved about Kiara Hogan since she debuted on Impact. Yeah, so NXT, make it happen, please. She is a mega star. Um, it would be a huge addition to an already stacked woman's division. and man, she would really ho- help the star power in NXT going forward.
1: Um, I could I could definitely see NXT being a landing spot. I've talked about it numerous times on here that I feel like AEW's women's division is um, not as deep as other promotions. And if she's going to leave impact, I wouldn't be against her possibly going to AEW, mixing it up with Britt Baker and and Ty Conti and, and you know, some of those girls. But, um, yeah, Triple H would treat her like a goddess. I mean, Triple H knows what he's <laughs> doing. So he, he that that would be a home run, I think, either way.
0: Well, she's she's married. I don't know if she's she's a girlfriend or married to Demonte in that women's division mm-hmm. um in the AEW, so it could be, you know, a landing spot um for AEW, but we're we're going to talk about AEW's women's division. is just not consistent. Um, yeah. but we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Yeah. Um now we're going to go into what I've been dreading about talking about all week and that is <laughs> Monday Night Raw. But Let's let's just speed through it, let's just push through it, Kyle (laughs) But, we're gonna start with the best thing that happened on Raw Mm -hmm. We started with the John Cena promo Uh, A-plus stuff here by Cena Talking about how Roman is overprotected and an asshole Uh, Further teasing their match at SummerSlam Um, You know, Riddle at the end came out and they had their little bro Mm -hmm. moment I thought that was pretty fun That was dope Um, But overall, just another great promo by John Cena Mm Mm-hmm so, what do you think about that? <clears throat> I mean, it it
1: there's not much I can say. I mean, we've we've done a top talkers segment on this show before. Cena was on both of our lists, I'm pretty sure, uh, or at least he was on mine. Um, he didn't just tease a match, Kyle. He actually laid out a challenge. He said that he wanted him at SummerSlam, Allegiant Stadium, Las Vegas. Um, I thought the segment with with Riddle was really cool, but yeah, I mean, it was it was another A plus promo by John Cena, who's becoming one of the best spots. In WWE today, and he just came
0: back. And they have a few so, bright spots right now. So, yes. uh, in other news, uh, Bobby Lashley had an open challenge, and it was accepted by the returning Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. But of course, it really didn't do anything. Uh, Bobby retained, and Goldberg is next. So it makes Keith Lee look like a dummy.
1: Yeah, it makes him look like a jabroni, to use yep. your uh, to use your term. Yeah, it the does. Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Keith Lee, and I was excited to see him come back. And like we knew he wasn't gonna win the title, Kyle. Let's be honest. But it didn't to do just, anything. like fun. push him to the side and then go, "Hey, here's Goldberg. By the way, he's gonna be next in line." Like that was kinda you kind of dumb. Kind of. You could have had anyone else come out and accept that open challenge instead of a returning Keith Lee, who needs to come back red hot because that do the star.
0: Yeah, uh, it's yeah. the booking has just been. Speaking of booking, Dylan, uh, the second worst thing of the week happened. Um, so Jeff Hardy has his No More Words theme back, and that was awesome. Yes. I loved it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, as he faced the debut of NXT undefeated champion, Karrion Cross. Yep. I mean, it, it really didn't do anything. It went two minutes. Uh, Hardy pinned Cross for the win, and... Um, They made the one of the most dominant people, maybe the most dominant person in NXT besides Asuka lose to a guy in the mid card in two minutes. I, I I just don't get how stupid they can be now. again, I love Jeff Hardy and Mm -hmm. I'm so glad to have his music back, but you cannot in his debut have the NXT champion lose to a lower card. Jeff, Hardy. I'm sorry. It's inexcusable. It makes Cross look weak. It makes NXT look weak for making him as good as he is. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna hear this a lot today, but it just made everything look like a joke here. This this whole thing was terrible.
1: Yeah, I agree. Now, I wanna I wanna say exactly what you said. We both love Jeff Hardy, and we were yep. excited to hear the No More Words uh, theme song back. Excited to see him get a win. To be honest, I just feel like it was do it be a against me and Sewer. Yeah, like you could have picked Mansoor, you could have picked Jackson Riker, you could have picked anyone else on the roster for Hardy to get a two-minute win. Not only did he beat the undefeated NXT champion Karrion Cross, he beat him with a roll-up. He didn't even yep. beat him with a swanton or like any of his big moves. Like he hit one twist of fate, I believe. Yep. And that was it. Yep. Um, it was The match went a minute and a half. It made Cross look like a jabroni. I'm going to steal you again. Um, steal your gimmick, Kyle. And yeah, and then Cross cuts a promo afterwards and was like, you know, Jeff Hardy's a dead man. He just made the worst mistake of his life, and blah blah blah. Like, are we about to get a Cross Hardy feud?
0: Or like, I I mean, at this point, he's already lost, so it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, yeah. It doesn't
0: matter if he beats Hardy ten times in a row. Everyone's going to remember how he debuted.
1: Yeah, and it's sad, and he debuted without Scarlett.
0: So uh, everything about this, the entrance, everything, it was terrible. Yeah. So it they was.
1: they not only see the best thing in NXT right now, probably. Um, they they had him debut without his other half, Scarlett. Yep. So he had no valet, had no manager. And he lost in a minute and a half to let's a be lower honest, card. As as I, yeah. As much as I love the dude, he's not even mid card, Kyle. Like, he's yep. lower card. Yep. The guy doesn't even make the show half the time. He got, uh, he got
0: squashed by Body Mahal.
1: Yeah. And I remember my, my take of the week a few weeks ago was I thought Hardy deserves another run as potentially a world champion. And I hope that he gets built up again. I just feel like don't use Cross as a stepping stone.
0: Cause... Well, Vince, I mean, the thing is, Vince just views uh, NXT as development. So, uh... yeah. I guess he's trying to prove a point, but um, you're just making yourself. They're not development.
1: They are. They are a legit. They're the best brand
0: player. in the world. Is what they yeah. are.
1: They're they're a legit third brand for the WWE. They are not development anymore. So you got to treat it with.
0: Respect. They're the best brand in the world, Dylan. They literally are. is having close. Anyway, <laughs> um, in the main event. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Uh, Go for on, the Raw get through it. Get through it. Women's Title, Charlotte defended against Ripley. The match was pretty solid. Um, I mean, we've just seen it so many times. Um, Charlotte attacked the knee, or the injured knee, of Rhea. And uh, Ripley even locked in a figure four. Um, In the end, Charlotte gets herself DQ'd by hitting Rhea with the belt. Um, Rhea attacked Charlotte. And my worst nightmare (laughs) came true. I was literally saying, oh, please, please, please. And then I heard her dumb music. The dumb superhero. I... I'm never saying her name ever again. I cannot stand this person. So, I'm going to repackage her into Nixon Cruz. What? So, Nixon, looking like <laughs> an idiot, runs down to the ring, cashes in on Charlotte. Remind you, don't it takes one crossbody mm-hmm. to defeat the Roman Reigns of the women's division. Yep. So, it makes Charlotte look like a dumb, too. So, we have a joke champion. So, AEW, NXT, Impact, ROH, everyone, they're all laughing. ROH doesn't even have a champion, and they're laughing at the main roster for their idiotic booking. Shayna yep. got pinned by Tamina tonight. And, dude, it, it, this, it, 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 everything's a joke. It's inexcusable booking that no one can defend. The whole thing was just dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, Rhea looks like a joke for literally losing to someone that took one cross body to lose. I mean, it... You know, like, Charlotte's last five title reigns have combined for, like, three weeks? Mm Mm-hmm. Vince, you you have to fix this. Or are you just going to keep losing viewers? Other than the John Cena thing, this was was just a terrible show. Absolutely terrible show.
1: Yeah, no, the, the John Cena thing was a massive highlight. And Jeff Hardy getting his music back. Not even the match or the win was like; those were the two positives I took away from Raw. I didn't and C, mind seeing and and Keith Lee come back, so I guess there were three.
0: I didn't mind the um, the like the percussion brawl match between Elias and um, what's his right. name Riker. I yeah. actually thought that was kind of entertaining, but go on. It's all
1: right, but like they don't they don't do a good job promoting those things, mm-hmm. so
0: it didn't even matter, and you
1: didn't even talk about it during your rundown. So it's just I was going to, promoted. but
0: yeah, I w- um.
1: Oh, yeah, we got a We got a superhero as, as champion. The thing that made me laugh when I saw that happen was I remember a conversation with you on this show last week. Everyone tuned into last week's show after Nikki won Money in the Bank and we were doing our reaction. You literally were like, do you really see her beating Charlotte? No. And we both were like, no, she's not beating Charlotte for the title. Not only did she beat Charlotte for the title, Kyle, she beat her the next fucking night. Well, but Charlotte had the title for one day.
0: Well, do you think she'll beat Charlotte one on one for the title? No,
1: I I have a very strong feeling Charlotte gets the title back, um, possibly at SummerSlam. I hate the fact that that's a SummerSlam well, match.
0: Well, if, if she if she beat Charlotte for one on one for the title, she's beating Becky for a title. Stop. So, so she'll. Uh, She'll pin Becky in about five minutes. So, so like uh, this, it, it, dude, I don't understand the booking because like, Oh, uh, it's, it's just, it, you, you can't defend it. No. It's the thing. I didn't, and, um, I didn't
1: talk about this in my news story because Daniel Bryan and CM Punk kind of stole all the wrestling headlines this week. But my, <laughs> my original story before these bombs were dropped was that Becky Lynch was supposed to be at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Rumored. Rumored to be wrestling at SummerSlam. For, with Charlotte for the title. Well, now, like, you're not doing Becky's return match to fucking... What'd you call her? Nixon Cruz?
0: Yeah, Nixon Cruz. If she comes back to SummerSlam, Dylan, she's losing to Nixon.
1: <laughs> Quit calling her Nixon.
0: She's was, Becky's losing.
1: Now, now, here's the thing, guys. If... If this was regular Nikki Cross, I don't think Kyle and I would be as upset.
0: No, if this was sanity Nikki Cross, dude, I'm, because I'm all for it, bro. We we loved Nikki Cross. We loved NXT mm, Nikki I, Cross. I can't, I can't say that anymore.
1: <laughs> we loved um, – I loved, I loved her pairing with Alexa Bliss. Like, I thought that was really entertaining. If that was this Nikki Cross, or if this was that Nikki Cross, I don't think we'd be as upset. The fact that this is a dumbass wannabe <laughs> hurricane running around winning championships like even hurricane didn't become fucking world champion he did beat the rock ones fun fact yeah i know
0: this is just dumb i don't know
1: I don't like everything about ball. it
0: everything about it i mean how is shana gonna lose and she's a anyway shana um we're going Kamina, to bro so, it was a, definitely a rough week for the, um, the weekly shows, but we'll get into it. The bright spot here NXT. Uh, we will start with Kyle O'Reilly taking Austin, taking on Austin Theory in singles action. Uh, this started back and forth with submissions and a very good knee drop to the throat by Theory. Uh, Austin felt very comfortable being in control of the match, grounding Kyle and keeping him in the corner. I loved when Kyle was about to kick Theory in the face but he just kind of stopped and laughed at him and just slaps him across the face. Um, the rolling neck breaker by theory was awesome. I I just liked everything about this match. Um, in the end, O'Reilly put theory in a leg lock for the win. We really saw the aggressiveness by Kyle late in the match, probably setting up, uh, Kyle Cole three at some point in the future. Um, but I mean, this match was great. Um, in every match now, it seems like Kyle O'Reilly's on top of his game, that just more and more matches, theory just shines. And um, I, I hate to say it every week, but, man, I I just knew that he was going to be this good. I, I knew it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you were one of his biggest supporters from the start, I remember. Um, I thought this match was really fun. Um, showed kind of a glimpse of potentially NXT's future. Um, I don't really see Austin Theory becoming like, nxt champion or or in the main event frequently but no north american title mixing it up with with some really good competitors like he's showing his stuff and and he can he can hold his own in the ring kyle o'reilly's on a different level right now though compared to him and should be should have been the first one to beat carrion cross but
0: (laughs) But... (laughs) it was jeff hardy brother <laughs> Jeff Hardy, brother. And Karen Cross might lose to Mansoor this week. He
1: might. He's going to have another open challenge. Man- Mansoor,
0: Jackson Riker going to beat him a two on one.
1: Anyway, yeah, I-, I-, I thought this was a really entertaining match. Um, Cole O'Reilly 3 is bound to happen. At oh, God, takeover, dude.
0: 36. Uh, over 36, yeah. It's going to be so good, Dylan. <laughs> oh, my
1: yeah. God. Dude, it's- and O'Reilly should go over. He I'm will. Gonna, I'm going to give my prediction right now. O'Reilly's um, winning. Yeah. But I, I want to see more from Austin Theory. Like, you've been talking so <laughs> highly of him for like the last two years. And like, he, he, he's on my radar. I'm obviously not, he's not as over with me as he is with you. But I want to see more. I, I, I want to, you know, keep this up. Good match after good match. Like, the dude keeps knocking it out of the park. He, like, he deserves more opportunity.
0: Well, it's funny you say that, you know, Kyle O'Reilly's on a different level. I mean, Austin Theory went. Just went at him, and it was it yeah. looked so even, and mm-hmm. it just shows the development of theory. Um, yeah, he's done a really good job. In other news, uh, Bobby Fish and Kushida defeated the Diamond Mine in tag action. But our last mm-hmm. match of the night was Raquel Gonzalez defended her NXT title against Zai Lee, and this was just a fight. Uh, the beginning of the match was just a power struggle, uh, showcasing the power of Gonzalez. Uh, Raquel did a snake eyes into the steel post to Lee. And then immediately Lee did, uh, she whipped Raquel's leg into the steel post. I thought that was a cool spot. My favorite spot of the match, Dylan, was the spinning tornado kick by Lee. Um, But the finish was absolutely brutal. Raquel did a spinning splash uh, to Lee that injured her and brought the medical team out. And then Raquel hits the choke slam for the win and retains her title. Mm-hmm. This was physical and believable. Yeah. I loved everything about this match, um, and I hope we see the feud continue, not just um, with Xia Li, but the whole Tian Sha uh, stable. I hope we see this moving forward. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's kind of the only direction they really can go right now, to be honest. I mean, Raquel's kind of run through most of the women.
0: They could do uh, – Turning on Kai, Dakota yeah. Kai, and yeah. putting her I in the face.
1: Totally see that happening. I totally see Dakota Kai. Um, you think Dakota Kai won title? title? I'd like to see Dakota Kai win the title. I think she yeah. deserves it. Um, yeah. I don't think that like if if Kai were to turn on Gonzalez,
0: no, it'd be the other would way around. Gonzalez
1: a massive baby face.
0: I I don't think they would make Raquel a baby face. I think it'd be the other way around, and Kai would be the uh, face. I don't know. Kai makes a
1: really good heel and i really She makes a better heel. heel. I agree. Yeah. But I just, think I don't know. I don't there's just, there's something about Raquel that kind of screams babyface to me. She can be a really good babyface champion. Does Kai beat her for the title? I'd love to see it. And I don't think it would hurt Gonzalez no to drop the title to, to Kai. Um I see that happening really soon, to be honest. Probably in the
0: next few weeks. Mm, I don't I don't see it in wait man. Earlier, I mean, maybe 36. I, I just don't see Raquel losing the title for a little while. And Raquel's just a great champion, so I hope she keeps yeah. it for a little longer. Oh, no,
1: I'm not saying, like, she needs to drop the title, but I could definitely see Kai turning on Gonzalez pretty soon. Um I feel but, like the relationship's kind of gone as far as it can,
0: but – so uh, yeah, we, we both enjoyed this match. Um, Absolutely. the last the last thing we got Dylan, was Samoa Joe calling out Karrion Cross. Yeah the Jabroni Karrion Cross, but yeah. He was just so good here. Um, we saw a cross on the video board as he attacked William Regal. And it is now confirmed at NXT Takeover 36, Karrion Cross will defend his NXT title against Samoa Joe.
1: Which confirms my theory of last week that Joe is now medically cleared to wrestle. By the way,
0: Joe's winning, just because with Carrying Cross moving up, he's winning. Yeah, but Carrying Cross is moving up to lose to Mansoor. Well, I I know that, but I mean, it's just bound to happen. I mean,
1: I mean, Cross's main roster switch has been da- uh, rumored for
0: several weeks. We talked about it on here before. Well, I think. I think then we'll get Joe and Bronson Rego at it.
1: Hey, that'd be fun. Holy. That'd be fun. We'd get Joe
0: O'Reilly. Anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, Joe Oh. So, yes. <laughs> so, anyway, yes, Joe is now medically cleared to compete, or else they wouldn't have announced a match for TakeOver. And if, if that's going to be set in stone, which Regal signed the paper, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, Regal signed the contract. So, yeah, we're getting Joe Cross at TakeOver, which is going to be an absolute banger. If mm-hmm. Joe is anything like Joe was before he all the injuries piled up, dude, this is going to be a classic. Uh,
0: very good NXT show. Um, very good. One of the very few bright spots of the week. But we're going to move on to NXT. We'll start with Je- Chris Jericho against Sean In Spears. AEW. Huh? You
1: said we're moving on to NXT. You mean AEW.
0: Oh, sorry. We're going to be moving on to AEW. Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears in Chapter 1 of The Labors of Jericho, yep. where the stipulation was Spears could use a chair and Jericho couldn't. The match itself was just decent. Uh, nothing special here to me. Uh, Spears used the chair smartly throughout the match. And Jericho sold the story very well. Um, we saw Tully Blanchard Sammy Guevara interfere. Spears hits the C4 and Jericho kicked out at 2 but very predictable that he's going to get through all these labors. Um, The match ended with Jericho slamming spears into a chair, hitting Judas Effect for the win. match itself, Dylan, just wasn't special. Um, I liked MJF on commentary, Mm -hmm. but after the match got the headlines. So next week, we know Chris Jericho will be facing the face of the death match, Nick Gage. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I'm – Dope to see Nick Gage in AEW.
1: Yeah, I don't know if this is like a full-time signing or just kind of like a so. one-off. Mm-hmm. Feels like feels like a one-off because, although, if Nick Gage is in <sighs> AEW long-term, that means we might get a death match between him and Moxley,
0: Oof.
1: which would be killer. Anyway, um, yeah, you, you, you mentioned it. The match itself was meh. I totally agree with that. It didn't do anything for me. Um, I feel like these matches are... I don't want to say it's a waste because we know Jericho's going to get through all these labors and, and face MJF to, and get to MJF. But I mean, you can at least make these matches entertaining, even though we know what the results going to be.
0: I think next week will be entertained with Gage.
1: I think so. Yes. I, I love Nick Gage. Nick Gage is one of the best things that no one talks about
0: uh, because death match wrestling
1: is very controversial and not a lot of uh, media outlets cover it, but
0: we know about Nick Gage and we're really excited. So, next, we had Britt Baker in her first title defense against Nyla Rose. Dillon, again, this was just okay. I actually didn't really even care for this match that much. But the match went back and forth. Uh, Nyla was in control for a lot of it. The top rope knee drop by Nyla Rose was cool. But Baker, right after, did an awesome swinging neck breaker um, the these two slug back and forth with the forearms to the face, but in the end, Baker makes Nyla tap out to the lockjaw to successfully defend her title. I like the near falls in the match, but it was just predictable, and I just couldn't get into it. Um, I just thought the match was going to be a lot better than it, what we got here.
1: It, to be honest, I wasn't really excited about the match to begin with.
0: Like, I thought the match was with... going to be better, but I wasn't yeah, excited better, about it. Better, yes, but... You know,
1: And this kind of piggybacks what I said during uh, your news story where I think AEW's women's division needs more depth. And that's why I could see uh, Kiara Hogan
0: possibly going there instead, but... No. Please no.
1: <laughs> no?
0: No, I want her in NXT. That's know, where she'll sign I know the you most. Do.
1: I know you do, but I feel like AEW needs that signing more than NXT needs that signing. But um, yeah, the match was kind of m- mediocre, and it it was, you know, we've we've mentioned on here before that we thought Britt Baker becoming champion was a good move, but since they've she's been champion, ball. she's done nothing. Yep, and that's sad because I was super stoked to see Britt become champion because I felt like she deserved it and she was the best woman in the promotion.
0: And but, they've they,
1: but this this kind of goes with what I've said about AEW. They don't do a good job with their women's title to begin with. No. Like, Britt Baker cuts amazing promos, and then, like, for whatever reason, the matches kind of are duds, and I'm not saying it's her. It's just booking. It's just, like, who they're putting her with. Like, it, I don't know. I just don't like it.
0: I mean, I think it just confirms that the best thing they've had in the women's division, you know, right now is Britt Baker, but the Karoshita, it just shows, you know, her greatness with the championship. But in other news, um, we now know the executive consultant to Andrade El Idolo, yes, sir. It's Chavo Guerrero. Um, so yes, that, I, I thought that was a pretty fun signing. But in our main event for the IWGP US Title, <laughs> John Moxley defended against Lance Archer. Oh boy, it was just a war. Yes, uh, th- these two were bloody. Moxley stabs Archer with a fork to the yep. face early in the match. Uh, The choke slam by Archer onto the edges of the two chairs to Moxley was brutal. Mox hit that paradigm shift, but Archer got up and just flipped them off. Um, Archer stabbed Mox with a fork and then choke slammed him through two tables with barbed wire on them. Mox does not make the count. And we have a new IWGP US champion. Mm -hmm. Great match. Archer needed this. Yes. And he got it. Um, I love the match, but it didn't make up for the night. I just thought the night was very, very mediocre. Yeah,
1: night was very mediocre, like you said. Archer needed the win uh, more than Moxley did. Um, By the way, Kyle, I looked up pretty fun fact after Archer became champion. This is the first time that the IWGP – title has changed hands on american soil since oh, 2013 cool and nakamura was apparently the one who did it so anyway uh yeah match itself was amazing but uh, all the all the kind of bad or meh moments yeah. of dynamite
0: it just didn't make up for it
1: yeah just yeah it just kind of it just exist it existed it was great we loved it easily the best match of the night easily the best moment of the night but the rest of the show was kind of, kind of blah. And so, um, we could speak- probably just give out our show of the
0: week now. But let's go S- through SmackDown first. Speaking of it, um, yep. this episode was half in Cleveland, I believe, and half at the Rolling Loud concert. Then was this in Florida? Uh, Atlanta, I think. Was it Atlanta? Okay, I think so, so. I'm not sure. We will start with a rematch for the SmackDown women's title: Bianca Belair versus Carmella. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Carmella grabbed Bianca by her hair early in the match so she went back first on the apron uh carmela actually controlled a lot of this match uh but bianca turned the tide with a away slam into a handstand moonsault i thought that was the best part of the match um bianca hit the kiss of death to retain her title um again they showed effort but uh this was very forgettable yeah,
1: this match was a little better than the one that we got on SmackDown
0: last but, week. That crowd but, was not into it.
1: Dude, that <laughs> rolling loud crowd that wanted no part of pro wrestling. Yeah. like they just they, they just they went there for a music festival, and I don't blame them either. Like. So this isn't the first time that WWE has tried to do something at a music festival uh, several years ago over in the UK. NXT ran shows at Download, which is a big rock and metal festival over there. That was apparently received very well. And But the difference between those is they didn't run those shows on the fucking main stage and made everyone watch it. Like, I know. They put it kind of in a tent with, with with a bunch of seating around it. They didn't televise it, but they ran like kind of like house shows there. Mm-hmm. And... It was very well received. It was basically like free admission to anyone who bought a ticket to the festival kind of thing. They didn't force it down people's throats and put it on the stage. And I, this was just a, a swing and a miss by WWE. I understand they wanted to promote it, get the big crowd. Did not make any sense, though. And, and the
0: match was just, unfortunately, yeah, and, very and, forgettable. Well,
1: the matches that they gave them
0: were very bad.
1: They're, they're yeah, It
0: was stupid. So, I did not like
1: it. I didn't like we had not like this match either.
0: We had the debut of Tony Storm as she faced Selena Vega. My girl. Selena um, grabbed Tony and uh, pushed her face on the announce table early. Uh, Storm hit a nice German suplex. Uh, Tony hits the Storm 1 as they changed their finisher for the win. Um, match, Dylan, went three minutes long. It was just a very lackluster debut for Storm. Um, this needed to go a lot longer. And I, I just keep wondering why they re signed Vega to just bury her. But to me, Dylan, this did absolutely nothing for Tony Storm.
1: I, I feel like this is less about Tony Storm and, in a way, more about Selena Vega. And it kind of shows that, like you said, WWE re signed her and everyone thought they had big plans for her, and they have nothing for her. No. No. They really don't. So this little three-minute match is, Did I think, it says less about Tony Storm because we've seen people debut before and win quick matches. But I think this says a lot about Selena Vega that she was the one that was just first fed to lose with no payoff. Yep. Like this, th- this isn't going to be a feud. Yep. It's literally just a way to make Tony look strong, and I get that aspect of it. So I'm not going to knock that. I'm going to knock the booking of, what are we doing with Selena Vega? Now, Kyle, before you move on, we have Bailey out for, what, eight to ten months with knee surgery. We don't even know where Sasha Banks is. She hasn't shown up. She's coming back soon. Um, Carmella is, no. The SmackDown women's division, Kyle, is, there's not a lot of major players that can challenge Bianca. Mm-hmm. The only thing that kind of makes sense is they have to try and build up Tony Storm to become a challenger. That's the only thing I can think of.
0: But she's not winning. Um,
1: unfortunately, probably not. I mean, I'd like to see her win, but we'll see. I just,
0: that. I just don't think this made Tony look strong at all. I don't think. I mean, because yeah, yeah, so, Selena controlled most of it.
1: I agree. I agree. I think. I think their goal is like if we give Tony win after win after win, we can build her up as a legit contender to Bianca. But.
0: This, this was not how wasn't you a way to do that. You made no. her look
1: kind of weak. and I mean, she won, but I mean, yeah. That's it. I, I don't know. Uh, I in like other it.
0: news, uh, Balor defeated Sami Zayn. Good match. And uh, there was a showdown between Edge and Rollins that was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, but in our main event uh, was to get an answer from Roman about the challenge Cena made. I saw a lot of people love this and I even saw people said this was the greatest promo in the history of the brand. Mm. Um, he mentioned the missionary position. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think this was Roman's best promo in a while. I didn't mm-hmm. love it though. Um, but it was interrupted by Finn Balor, um <laughs> for a chance at the Universal title. So we're going to have to see if that is going to come before or even maybe foreshadowing after the Cena-Roman showdown at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. But overall, a very underwhelming episode. Underwhelming episode is bright.
1: The first segment of the show was great because we did get Cena coming out again. And the last segment was great because I did like the, the the Roman promo and I thought it was his best promo that he's cut in a very long time.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um,
1: And Finn coming out was a was a very... You know, unexpected swerve and, and a twist. Don't really know how they're going to do it because, I mean, they're clearly going to move forward with Cena Roman at SummerSlam. So, where does Finn fit in? They're not going to do another triple threat like they did at Mania. Mm. I could see Finn getting a title shot on SmackDown in the coming I mean, we still have about four or five weeks to build SummerSlam. So, yep. And you already know what the Universal title match is going to be. So, I say you give Finn a shot on a SmackDown maybe next week, maybe the week after. Him and Roman will put on a good match, I feel like, because um, I've done it before. And, mm. But I don't know. I mean, Balor comes back, huge pop. Everyone's loving to see him. You're going to feed him to Roman when we yep. know he's not going to win because they're going to get Finn Cena at SummerSlam because in their minds, that's not the money match. I'd be okay with it, but that's not their money match. So what, is, so what does Finn do? He loses and then what?
0: He'll uh, maybe go see, down to like, maybe Apollo. Like I see that—that's that, the only thing I can think of. Um, I did like the
1: interaction I, though. I thought it was really good.
0: I think this is easy. Uh, what was your uh, show of the week? It's a no-brainer. It's NXT. I mean, you see AW have a bad show. A- NXT doesn't have bad shows, so um, oh. that's just that just shows their dominance. And uh, still don't know why I under or uh, still don't know why vince just doesn't get how good the product is but uh i agree but anyway dylan um so Mm -hmm. that was the weekly shows very very underwhelming week but what was your hot take of the week kyle
1: you know the name matt cardona Mm -hmm. formerly known as zach Ryder. everybody He is the best thing going in wrestling that no one is talking about right now.
0: Ooh, I disagree, but go on.
1: Matt Cardona last night beat Nick Gage for the GCW World Heavyweight Championship in a death match. We just Mm -hmm. called him the king of the death matches. And Long Island IZ beat him in a death match. He debuted for the promotion about a month or so ago and got so much heat, and he just ate it up, bro. Like, he's doing his best stuff that I think he's ever done in his career, and he's loving every second of it. Um, he's, he's appeared on AEW, he's appeared on Impact, kind of here and there. But go look at some of the stuff he's doing in GCW right now, Game Changer Wrestling. It's, it's some of the best stuff he's ever done in his career, I feel like. And he, he won the title, got trash thrown at him. Like, he's one of the biggest heels on the indies right now, and no one's talking about it. And I, I absolutely love what he's doing. Love it.
0: Now, I mean, I agree this is the best stuff he's done in his career. Uh, GCW is doing great stuff. Unfortunately, when he debuted on AEW, no one really cared about it. Exactly. And now he's on Impact, and no one, no about one it. really cares about it. Um, I'm, I'm glad he's getting his big break. In GCW, but uh, mm-hmm. I definitely think there's better things that people aren't talking about than Zack Ryder. But, um, but anyway. There's just,
1: there's just something about what he's doing right now. It got me going. I like it, I'm too. super stoked for him.
0: No, I, I mean, I definitely agree. But is it the best? Best eh, debatable. Uh, I, but said, my... I said
1: one of the best things.
0: Oh, I thought you said was the.
1: No, oh, I said one of the best things going in wrestling that no one is talking
0: about. Okay, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, so my hot take of the week, Dylan, For the very first time in a very long time, I can finally say that Impact Wrestling is more interesting and better than the WWE main roster. Mm. Women's division is booked better. Tag team division, booked better. And the mid-card scene right now is awesome. Uh, The addition of Jay White will help the new additions from other promotions. They're going to keep getting guys here and there. But it's the stable guys like Callahan, Ace Austin, the women's division, Rosemary, Dashwood. It makes the brand better than the joke that is the main roster. So uh, I just – I love their tag division. Now, WWE main roster's tag division isn't bad. They just don't showcase it as well as Impact does. Right. But I'm sorry, Impact Wrestling is just more interesting right now than the main roster.
1: I like the direction that Impact's going. I wish – wish they would get kind of more promotion like at bigger shows like like there's something that's missing from impact and it's just that people aren't watching it to be Mm -hmm. honest because it is a really good product people will just tune in i don't even know what channel they're on though that's the thing Mm -hmm. like what are they what are they on right now is it still pop tv
0: no it's uh it might be pop TV. I can't, I, I know what it is. I just can't think of yeah, it right now. Cause
1: I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't know what channel impacts on. I have to get all my news online.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I
1: watch, I watch a bunch of clips. I stream what I can, but that's how I follow impact because like they do a really good job with their social media, by the way, mm-hmm. um, posting updates and everything like that. But like, I don't even know what channel it's on. And that's just one of those things that I think if Impact were to improve on, they'd become a bigger, bigger product. Cause I love what they're doing over there, and you
0: do I mean, too. I mean, I love what they're doing. Um, Dylan, you can also check them out on their Twitch. Um, they do live shows on their Twitch uh, yeah. every Thursday night at eight. So that's probably yeah. the easiest way that you can stream it. Mm-hmm. But I agree. If, if they get a bigger TV deal, you know, mm-hmm. maybe on a TNT or you know, TBS, something like that, man, this this promotion's really gonna take. Well, I mean, off. they
1: they have the working relationship with AEW, which is currently so. on um all like the turner stations like yep. they're gonna they're gonna debut another show on tbs within the next couple of years i think was announced dynamite's on tnt so with that working relationship you think maybe maybe impact can fit in on like like a tbs time slot on a different night or
0: yep thursday eight o'clock something should like be that. Fine.
1: Mm-hmm. and i think when you said punk could go to impact that's going to be the one thing that holds him back is that he's going to get no exposure But, at the same time, if Impact landed CM Punk, they're getting a fucking TV deal.
0: (laughs) There's no way around it. Um, So, we will now get into our ECW Mount Rushmores, which is the finale of the series. Um, This will just be a men's Mount Rushmore, as the women's weren't able to showcase as much in ECW, unfortunately. Um, But a few names that come to mind, Dylan, in ECW Mm -hmm. are Francine. Taryn Terrell, Brooke Tessmacher, Don Marie, Lita, Kelly Kelly, Missy Hyatt, and I'm very sorry if I butchered this woman's name. Is it B- Balua McGillicuddy? Balula. Balula McGillicuddy. Um, as for ECW, which stands for Extreme Championship Wrestling, I'm sorry, or Eastern Championship Wrestling, how it really, really started back in the mm-hmm. day. Uh, was found in 1992 by Todd Gordon and Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. Every weapon that you can think of has been used in ECW as blood and violence were the vocal point of the brand. Unfortunately, the brand shut down in 2010 from its relaunching in 2006. The liabilities and the dead money just outweighed any profits that the brand was getting and just had this shut down. Yep. Um, so Dylan, if- that is okay with you uh i am going to start with number four go ahead so my number four Dylan. um so this man is one of the icons of hardcore wrestling and one of the superstars that made ecw as special as it was Mm -hmm. it is sandman is my number four uh five-time ECW champion and an ECW tag team champion with two cold Scorpio. Uh, This man was so extreme, he was inducted into the Hardcore Hall of Fame. To pump pump himself up, he would sometimes smash his face with a steel chair and make himself bleed. Mm -hmm. So when he saw his own blood, he would turn into a maniac. And that's exactly what he was, a maniac. Although he was known for his signature Singapore cane, his matches with RVD and the Dudleys, just to name a few, were so extreme, so great. Uh, this man was even set on fire in a match in 1997. He did have some, you know, out-of-the-ring and personal issues, mm-hmm. but, he, I mean, he's just an ECW original. Um, Sandman is actually my number four. So... Absolutely love the pick.
1: Um, People people said that there were a lot of comparisons, kind of, a lot of comparisons between Sandman and Stone Cold. Basically with the beer stuff, that was the only comparison. Other than that, they were polar opposite. Anyway.
0: All right, Dylan, number four.
1: My number four, Kyle, is a former two-time ECW champion. He's a three-time ECW tag team champion. He was a one-time ECW television champion, and he won the FTW championship at one point, which is now being showcased on AEW frequently. He was inducted in the Hardcore Hall of Fame in 2000. One and only Sabu mm-hmm. is my number four. So Sabu was known for his, he, one. Of, he's labeled as one of the pioneers of hardcore wrestling, like him and Mick Foley and a couple other people. Um, there, there was a famous story of Sabu where it's it, something to do with barbed wire. Cause of course it was ECW. Well, anyway, it cut his like bicep tendon to where the tendon was kind of very exposed. Right. Mm-hmm. And instead of calling off the match, calling for doctors and whatever, Sabu just taped his fucking arm shut and mm-hmm. continued the match. The dude was a psychopath. Um, he was, again, one of the ECW originals, spent brief time with WWE during the ECW revival, appeared at the One Night Stand shows, had a brief feud with John Cena at one point, um, but never never really stayed with WWE. It wasn't a long-term thing, just kind of uh, really for like the first few months. Mm-hmm. ECW came back in 2006. Um, Will always go down as, as one of the icons in hardcore wrestling, deathmatch wrestling, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, really pioneered or, or paved the way for guys like John Moxley and Nick Cage or Nick Gage. And, and you know, a few other people who do that style of wrestling today. Uh, Matt Cardona, who is the current GCW champion, by the way, anyway, uh, Sabu's just a legend in the business and yep. we'll go down as one of the
0: most lovable psychopaths of pro wrestling.
1: Absolutely love Sabu. He's my number four.
0: I like it so much, Dylan. He's actually my number three. Yeah. um, <laughs> He's just one of the most unique ECW guys in the history mm-hmm. of the brand. Yeah. Um, something you didn't mention, uh, when he first went to ECW, if a table was not broken in a match, he would put himself through it. <laughs> so yep. that led to many 911 calls. Um, his, his dives to opponents through tables are just so iconic. And remember, this man just wouldn't speak. He just would let his actions do the talking for him. Yeah. Um, his no rope. So you talked about the 10 inch gash that he had. Mm-hmm. It was actually from the, his no rope barbed wire match with Terry Funk. to yep. that match was so good. If you have not watched that immediately after the episodes done, go watch that match. It is brutal. Um, he actually had a few matches dealing with Rey Mysterio that were really, really good too. Mm-hmm. um, I mean, everything that you said, um, one of the best sellers the brand has ever seen, and he's just a sick human being. Um, He deserved his nickname, the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, death-defining maniac, Mm -hmm. Sabu. So Sabu is my number three. So, Dylan, who is your number three? My number three, Kyle, I loved your number four pick so much that I
1: made Sandman my number three pick. Okay. We just kind of flipped him. Um, you, you mentioned it already five time ECW champion, one time, uh, tag champion. He was, uh, inducted in the hardcore hall of fame in 2007. Like you said, not really much. I can add outside of what you said already, mm-hmm. uh, Sandman's going to go down again as one of those icons in hardcore wrestling. Um, he did appear at the one night stand shows, if I'm not mistaken, both of them. Yep. Um, but didn't do much after that. With WWE anyway, which makes sense. That character was never going to fit on oh, WWE no. television. No. Um, something that you didn't mention about Sabu is Sabu had one of the best wrestling theme songs ever. Sabu um, or Sandman? Uh, not, yeah, Sandman, not Sabu, okay. sorry. Uh, Sandman had one of the best wrestling theme songs ever. Uh, he came out to Enter Sandman by Metallica, which when he came to WWE... If you go back and watch the, um, if, you, if if you just go back and rewatch like the one night stand shows, uh, WWE can't clear the music, so he just comes out to some generic song that sounds <laughs> vaguely similar to it, at least on re broadcasts. Um, but yeah, don't let it, don't let that fool you guys. He did come out to Metallica, and it was
0: fucking sick. Uh, so Sandman's my number three. So this is where we start getting a little interesting, Dylan. Yep. So my number two is the innovator of violence and one of the founding fathers of extreme wrestling. My number two, shockingly, is Tommy Dreamer. Hey. Only a one-time ECW champion and the three-time tag team champion. But his impact on the brand was so major that he will be on everyone's ECW Matt Rushmore, let's be honest. Um he was the first person to kick out of the Superfly Splash by Jimmy Snuka, I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, um he, he was involved in the Singapore cane match with Sandman and the loser had to take 10 lashes and he lost and he ended up getting 11 lashes and that oh my god I watched the last night it was nasty. Mm-hmm. Um there were times he would literally <laughs> brawl into the street and there was ongoing traffic, and he would brawl. I mean, <laughs> dude, this, this dude had no fear. He had some really good matches with Mike Awesome and Just Incredible. Uh, just to name a few that were really, really good. Um, his leadership in the locker room, just being a vet people can rely on, is why mm-hmm. his presence is so special. Number two to me, Dylan, is Tommy Dreamer. <sighs> Kyle? <clears throat>
1: I love the pick so much that Tommy Dreamer is also my number two <laughs> um, So something you actually kind of omitted or omitted from your list is that Tommy Dreamer is actually a two time ECW champion, Kyle. Oh, sorry, he won I thought the he title He won the title once during its original run, but he also won the ECW title during the revival run as well. Oh okay, as part of WWE. only one on my list by the way, who had some sort of title reign post Um, Mm. he was inducted in the hardcore hall of fame uh, in 2010 he's also the founder of a promotion called house of hardcore so he's still you know you mentioned kind of a pioneer of hardcore wrestling Um, he's still honing that craft to this day still hosting shows Um, house of hardcore doesn't get a lot of airtime obviously they're an independent promotion but they do a lot of great things so check them out Um, He's also part of the creative team today for Impact Wrestling, which is huge because Tommy Dreamer has a great mind for pro wrestling. Something about Tommy Dreamer that I think people forget is for how great he was when he first appeared, everyone hated him. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why is because everyone thought he was too good looking to be a hardcore wrestler, (laughs) that he was too much of a pretty boy. And he... He silenced everybody because that dude's a fucking maniac. And uh, Tommy Dreamer is going to go down as one of the icons, not just of hardcore wrestling, but pro wrestling in general. Because like I said, he has a great mind for the business. He's part of the creative team now for Impact. And they're doing great things, which we already kind of mentioned earlier. Um, Tommy Dreamer, still giving back to the wrestling community. He's my number two.
0: I did not know he won the Oh, actually I think I knew he won the ECW championship in the Revival to start in 2006, but um, I think I yeah, was it, really I
1: think I think he won the title in like 08 or
0: 09. So it was towards oh, yeah. the end of
1: the Revival, but um, yeah, Dreamer had some success on the uh, during the ECW uh, WWE run.
0: See, I I was only really paying attention to the back in the day just cuz all my guys are back back in the day. Um right. but I don't know if we're going to have the same number one. I think I know who yours is, but I'm not sure. We'll see. Dylan, my number one, this is a man that is the most intimidating guy. Well, maybe one or – he's <laughs> definitely one or two. We um, have very different number ones, by the way. I the the most intimidating tell. guys in the history of ECW and <laughs> one of the most decorated workers wherever he went. Dylan, my number one on the ECW, Mount Rushmore, is Raven. Ooh! His gimmick was that he was a depressed psychopath, and he just made it so special. His finisher, the Raven effect, was awesome. He even ran and started the Raven's Nest stable from 1995 to 1997. Literally one of the sickest men in wrestling ever. And one of the greatest... Uh, wrestlers that nobody talks about is Raven. Mm -hmm. Um, He was the one to defeat Steve Williams after a decade undefeated streak in the United States. Uh, His feuds with Sandman and his forever one with Richards. Um, He had a really good one with Shane Douglas. They were just so special. And this man was just always around barbed wire and anything dangerous. One, if not the most extreme men, and controversial men, in the history of professional wrestling, Raven is my number one. I absolutely
1: love the Raven pick, Kyle. But Raven did not make my list. That's crazy. Raven was an honorable mention. So before I dive into my number one, a couple names that didn't make my list who you will not see at number one. Raven is one of them. Uh, RVD is another one. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, guys who were, you know, great for the promotion, but Kyle, my number one might be a cop out answer. You're not gonna like it. Mm-hmm. But my number one has to be my number one.
0: Is it Paul Heyman? My or number sorry. one's Paul Heyman. I I knew it was going to see. It's I I just wanted Heyman. to put workers in here.
1: Yeah, well, I I did too, but it's hard to ignore the impact that Paul Heyman had. So you mentioned before he was. Um, one of the, or he was he was the head booker for ECW when it was called Eastern Championship Wrestling. When he took over the promotion, turned it to Extreme Championship Wrestling. When he became the CEO, um, say what you want about Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman has a great great mind for pro wrestling. He knows talent when he sees it. Um, everyone loved working for Paul. He was very much a, a, a wrestler's CEO, a wrestler's owner. Not you can't really say that. You know, he he went toe to toe with Ted Turner and Vince McMahon, and at one point ECW was a better product than WCW and WWE combined. Um, WWE loved what Paul Heyman was doing so much that they took it and called it Attitude instead, uh, because the Attitude Era for WWE is basically what ECW was doing all along. Mm-hmm. Um, some names that Paul Heyman brought in that. A lot of people forget Steve Austin was a part of ECW during the early days. And there's a famous promo that Paul Heyman cut to Vince McMahon that while Doink the Clown was appearing on Monday Night Raw Weekly, Steve Austin was having his first beer on ECW TV, um, which obviously became a staple for Steve Austin's character for years and years to come. (sighs) Paul Heyman was a part of the revival. He's still part of wrestling today. Obviously, he appears as the special counsel to the tribal chief and head of the table, Roman Reigns. Um, He's also the advocate for the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar. But that aside, Paul Heyman has a great eye for talent. Brock being one of those people. uh, Vocal in getting CM Punk a shot when OVW was a thing, when he was down there running that. And he specifically pulled Punk from OVW and was like, I want him part of ECW when we do this revival thing. We're bringing it back and Punk's going to be my focal point of the show. And it's it's hard to go against the impact that Paul Heyman had on extreme wrestling, hardcore wrestling in general. Uh, that's why he's my number one.
0: I knew Paul Heyman was going to be on your list. I actually thought RVD was going to be on your list almost, but um, you know, I, I think we had very solid list here. Yeah. Um, Raven is a little bit of it like an outlier, but Dylan, when you look at his career, he I definitely could be in the conversation to be the most impactful man in ECW for sure.
1: Absolutely, absolutely love Raven. Before we move on, Kyle, you mentioned some notable women, but you left off some key names that I kind of wanted to run through real quick. All right. Uh, before we move on. So once upon a time, there was someone part of the promotion called Miss Congeniality. Guess who Miss was, Kyle? Hmm. Lita. Lita was a part of ECW at one point. Uh, Sonny went by her real name, Tammy Sitch, when she managed Chris Candino as part of ECW. Uh, you mentioned Cuddy. Jazz is another name that pops up. She was probably the best women's wrestler at the time, probably on the fucking planet. The thing was is that ECW didn't really have a women's division. They didn't have a women's title to go after, so she doesn't garner... The headlines that some of the other women in the wrestling business do the last name i do want to bring up uh she went by woman in ecw she was a manager for sandman shane douglas and two cold scorpio uh her real name is nancy benoit she had a very big impact as a manager um in a valet in ecw is an icon as far as that role is concerned in pro wrestling and it's a name that i did not want to leave off she deserves um a lot of praise
0: ecw just had so much history it's just uh very hard to get it all in you know just a couple minutes but yeah if you have not watched any ecw oh my gosh you please go back and watch some of it i'm actually going to buy an ecw like top moments dvd yeah um and i'm just gonna watch that and i'm gonna love every second of it just because i love extreme wrestling i love the death match Um, I watch death matches now more than you do Dylan Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, you know we we both do love it Um, unfortunately Dylan this is the end of the Mount Rushmore series Um, we hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as we did we have so many more exciting things to come before we move on Dylan um, quickly what was your favorite Mount Rushmore that you did and I did Hmm. I
1: mean, the one that I was the most excited for and the one that was kind of a no brainer to me when we did them, I'm flipping through my notes right now. I don't know if you can hear my my caveman geriatric pen and paper that I do Um, because that's how I take notes. People, I'm an old man, Um, was the the TNA one was probably my favorite one that we did because um, I used to watch TNA or Impact Wrestling, as it's called now, religiously every week. It was Monday Night Raw. On Mondays, it was SmackDown on Fridays, but TNA uh, was on Tuesdays, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Tuesdays or Thursdays. And um, I watched it every single week. Yep. So I knew a lot about the history, a lot about the business, uh, a lot of the accolades. There were some other ones that like took some research. Like I love ECW, but it was, it was obviously before our time, especially the original run. Um, so I took a little research, but it was really fun to dive into. Because we love ECW, and we have for many, many years, Um, so that's probably my number two. TNA was probably my favorite one that we did.
0: Um, I just wanted to mention a couple things Um, Mm -hmm. quickly. Would you still have Undertaker as the goat over Cena? Uh,
1: yeah, I stand by that.
0: Um, Okay.
1: Well, okay. So what I meant when I put Undertaker number one, by the way wasn't that I thought he was a better performer, a better talker than Cena. It was that when shit hit the fan seemingly every single time and WWE looked down in the dumps, Undertaker was right there the entire time. Uh, During the Attitude Era, before the Attitude Era, like when WCW was really taking off and seemingly taking every single talent they could, Undertaker, his loyalty was unmatched. And I think that's why I put him as my number one. And Um, loyalty,
0: I mean, Cena too. I yeah, mean,
1: but, I mean, I, I agree with you and Cena. Like, Cena carried WWE during a, a tough, very, time. very bad time. Like, Undertaker was one, was at the forefront when everyone seemed to be leaving, and he was like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, if this ship sinks, I'm going down with it. Uh, but Cena carried it through that dismal
0: 2010 year,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I give him a lot of credit for.
0: And... I mean, you can't go wrong either way. And honestly, no. you have an argument to say Stone Cold and mm-hmm. even Hogan. I mean, there's so many guys that you can say are at the top of the Mount Rushmore. Right. But again, it's just, it's hard to go against Cena. It really yep. is. Um, one more thing, Dylan, I want to bring up. Um, you had Paige as your number one in your women's NXT. Um, yeah, I very, true. very disagree about that. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's Ooh. just our... Because you had me, Paige me, at
1: number one. Let me uh, let me flip through my list here real quick and
0: see who I had at number two. Maybe we can make a little adjustment. You had yeah, you better <laughs> because Oscar was NXT. Dude, yep. they literally had to bring in Mickey James out of retirement to face her. That's fair. Um, I mean, Oscar is just great, but those were just some of the fun highlights that I wanted to bring up. Um, mm-hmm. But we have so many cool things coming. I'm so excited for next week, which we'll get to. But Dylan, uh, what was your dummy yam yeah moment of the week? My dummy yeah moment of the week, Kyle, was one that, quite frankly, I didn't think I'd be
1: talking about this week until it happened. Mm-hmm. I referenced it at the beginning of the show, and it's going to bookend the show right now. WWE having never having any interest in bringing CM Punk back and letting Daniel Bryan walk.
0: Mm -hmm. Your
1: company right now is failing, for lack of a better term. There's bright spots in WWE. I'm not going to say everything is bad, but there's a lot of bad. You're hitting record low viewership, which hopefully fans coming back improves the product. But record low viewership, they're garnering maybe one and a half million fans a week, which there was a time just a few years ago that WWE was doubling and tripling that number weekly record, low viewership, low ratings, very low, like positivity. Like you, you, you go on the internet now and there's no one has anything positive really to say about WWE at times. You have two of the biggest names that you could easily bring in and, it's going to garner money and garner viewership, and you're going to sell out arenas every week, and you have no interest? Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. I mean, uh, you would think Daniel Bryan at least would be the no-brainer to bring back, considering his wife is in the Hall of Fame now, and, you know, he, he he's still young. He He just wrestled at WrestleMania. Like, he's 40 years old, but he did just wrestle in a very acclaimed match, by the way, at WrestleMania with Edge and Roman Reigns, I had a great feud with both of them leading up to the match and seemed to be a focal point of SmackDown. And when they did the loser leave SmackDown thing, you and I both were like, oh, he's going to NXT or he's mm-hmm. going to Raw. Like, no one thought he was leaving the company. And then his contract expired and like, there were no talks to bring him back. Like, are you kidding me? They just kind of let him go, and Punk, you know, maybe it was because they didn't think he would be interested in coming back, but Dave Meltzer, our good buddy, reported that they never had any interest in bringing Punk back. They weren't even going (laughs) to kick the tires and reach out to him. (laughs) Nothing. This dude is still a megastar. Say what you want about Punk. Like you mentioned earlier, Daniel Bryan's probably the better worker right now because Punk hasn't done it for seven years. But he's fucking CM Punk. Like, he's going to garner headlines anywhere he goes. Like, the dude had two shitty fights in the UFC, but guess what? Those were big pay-per-view buys. People wanted to see him. The dude's a star. You weren't even going to reach out, swallow your pride, and go, hey, Punk, like, what's it going to take? Nothing? Zero nope. interest? Are you kidding me? Of course Tony Khan's going to be like, fuck it. Let's see if we can get CM Punk over here. I, that, that, to me, is very, very stupid. Like, your company's failing, and you do nothing to improve it. And instead, you give titles to superheroes, and mm-hmm. and um, Goldberg is back. That's the big surprise that we got this week. And, you know, Goldberg's going to wrestle Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley's going to look like a jabroni. I'm gimmick infringing so much today. Um, yeah, I don't get it. I really don't.
0: And one thing you missed, though, is that uh, our men's money in the bank is a – he gyrates. Hey, that's uh, that's his I, that's his character. I
1: adore Biggie. I'm not gonna knock. him
0: I out. like Biggie, but uh, did you see again? He's gonna be in a program with Paulo Cruz. <laughs> that's yeah. 20. He's he's back in the IC title. Pitch. Oh gosh, that is. They need to change, dude. That's that's only been an ongoing feud since the beginning of 2020. Why can't they, why can't it be Finn Balor? Finn Balor, or what about Shinsuke? Come on, yeah.
1: What's your, King Nakamura?
0: Okay, anyway. King Nakamura. So, my WWE yeah, moment of the week, Dylan, obviously goes to the WWE. Um, they've had a absolutely miserable week. Mm-hmm. I mean, just with, you know, the Punk Brian thing, all their booking. You know, it's made NXT look bad. It, dude, it has just been an absolutely terrible week. But to the fans who have defended Nixon Cruz storyline and, Crew's story line, and all of that? the bad decisions they have made, it's just why ECW or ECW. It's why <laughs> AEW is becoming so big. It, it is I, the writers, the management team, the fans all get the WEM moment of the week. It's just because WWE is foolish, um, and they are in big, big trouble going forward. AEW may be leading professional wrestling air shortly. And uh, WWE is in some big trouble, Dylan, Uh, which leads me to my announcement. So, obviously, WWE is in big trouble, like I said. So, Dylan, I have applied to become an assistant writer slash intern for the WWE. Really? Will I get it? No. Hell no. But (laughs) of any of the candidates that will be applying for the job, I know... I have the most out there ideas and company changing ideas for the better or the worse. Come on, Vince. All you need is one interview. (laughs) So I'll be all right, Vince. Here's a couple of my ideas. So, uh, we're either going to put Nixon Cruz on main event or we're just cutting her. And (laughs) we're going to have Shayna Baszler as the top thing in WWE. And then he's going to be like, uh, yeah, once you just walk on out of the, uh, once you just walk on out of the uh, office for me real quick, and then um, and then but did I show? do it kind of as a joke? Yes, because I have a career going. But if WWE was to call me back, I'll fix her product for him.
1: Yo, show me, that, send me the link. I'll apply.
0: Yeah, I will. Anyway, <laughs> um, besides that, Dylan, it's just God. It's just a bad, bad week for WWE. Anyway. Don, would you like to tell everyone what we are doing next week and get us out of here?
1: Yeah, before I dive into what we're doing next week, I want to say one more time, we don't hate Nikki Cross. We I do right love, now. We love Nikki Cross. We just hate what she's
0: doing right now. And okay, I, know- I can't even say her name.
1: Well, it's, it's out of her control, dude. Come on, you know
0: that. No, this was her idea. It was her idea, dude. It, it's reported online. This was her idea to do. So she deserves it. I'm I'm not even saying her name. I don't like her that much. So Nixon Cruz is her name. (laughs) Anyway, Nikki, just go back to being regular Nikki, please. I know.
1: You need it. Anyway, Kyle, next week. So we know the Mount Rushmore lists are done, but next week's going to be another fun list, something we've been putting off for a couple months now, actually. With how well tag team wrestling is received nowadays, and they garner a lot of... You know, match of the year candidates and five star matches here and there all the time, mostly in NXT and AEW. But anyway, uh, Kyle and I will be diving into our top 10 tag teams of all time. So it's going to be a combination of today's stars, past stars, every promotion available. We're not limiting it to one company. Uh, Our top 10 tag teams of all time will be next week. Um, On top of that, all the things you guys become accustomed to, news stories, breakdowns, uh, hot takes, and our dummy moment of the week will always conclude the shows. And, um, yeah, that's next week's show.
0: Dude, our our lists are going to be so different, it's not even funny. It's
1: going to be killer. I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
0: This is one of the most excited for an episode I have been. So, this is going to be a great episode. Um, We do appreciate everyone listening to uh, this point, too. About 74 minutes in, just over an hour. Um, We are sad that uh, the Mountain Rushmore is done, but uh, Mm -hmm. we have a lot of lists, a lot of cool stuff coming. And uh, WWE needs a fixing, so maybe I can do it. uh, Or maybe Dylan and I will do it at some point in the future. So, um, so Dylan, uh, unfortunately... We are on the road to SummerSlam.
1: Don't say unfortunately.
0: SummerSlam is going to be pretty good. Yeah, with all these old guys.
1: <laughs> it's one old guy and a bunch of, like, I don't count Cena.
0: All right. See you, everyone. See they-